Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this one is presented by Ragnar Relays. Don't you want to do something fun and exciting with your friends? That's also something that's going to test your body, your will, and your character. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about. It's why so many of us run. So why not run together and do a Ragnar Relay this year? You can do a road or trail race, get 8 to 12 of your friends, and really just bust it out. I mean, these things are so much fun. And beyond that, you know, as fun as it can be just to relax sometimes. And if you have kids, you know, relaxation can be hard to come by. Sometimes just doing something hard and fun with other people can be just as fun and ultimately more rewarding. And that's why Ragnar Relays is just such a wonderful place, wonderful place, a wonderful thing to do in so many different places. So go to runragnar.com and use code rambling19 to save $80 on your team's registration today. So this podcast is with Aaron Truesdale. This guy... Boy, what, <laughs> you know, we all work hard and, you know, the, the benefits and the fruits of our labor, you know, come out in different ways. And certainly Aaron works hard as well. This guy really busted out every day in training, but boy, what a natural this guy is. I, you have to hear it to believe it, but I love his running origin story. It's so unique and we just take it off from there. Aaron's a wonderful guy. Like many of the people on this show, he just embraces community first. Uh, you know, the race results for him are kind of secondary, which is funny because his race results are fantastic. I mean, this guy is a 240 marathoner. That sort of thing is very much secondary, if not even, you know, even more in the rearview mirror for him. Uh, it's about the people that he can commune with in running in the San Diego area. And boy, does he go out of his way to do it. So here is my conversation with Aaron Truesdale. Hello, Aaron, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. It's going better now that I'm talking to you, my man. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. I know you're uh, in the process of gearing up. You got Berlin on the calendar. You just had a huge race, America's Finest City Half Marathon down in San Diego where you live. Yes. And it's just, just a lot of good things happening for you. So I was excited to get you on before you headed across the pond for Berlin. So I guess first things first, how are you feeling about the race? I am. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Um Trying not to uh, get too nervous about it. I like to go and run my races just to have fun and and enjoy the experience. So um, training's going great, and I think that's what's going to happen out in Berlin. So um, excited to get out there. And what what number marathon is this for you? This is I want to say number eleven. <laughs> number eleven. No, that's that's always a good sign when you've run so many that you're not exactly sure how many you have under your belt. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I started in 2016, and I kind of just uh, threw a whole bunch of marathons together, <laughs> not knowing what I was doing. And and uh, and someone asked me how many marathons I ran after I finished Boston this past year, and then I counted them up and I said, oh, wow, I've, I've hit 10. I didn't even know. <laughs> so, yeah, Berlin will be number 11 for me. So 
let's just talk about how you started as a runner because you're doing amazing things right now. Like you, you're you're in the 240 range as a marathoner. You just ran 115 at America's Finest City, which was a half marathon PR for you. I can't wait to touch on all of that. But before we get into what you're doing now and how and why you're doing it, let's start from the beginning about just the beginning <laughs> of your your running life. All right. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. I uh, I had no running background. I uh, didn't run in college or in high school or anything. Um, it started when a friend said uh, back in 2013, she was running the uh, America's Finest City, the one I just ran. And uh, it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday before the race. And she said, hey, uh, if you run this uh, half marathon with me, uh, we'll go and have beers afterwards. <laughs> Do kind of a Sunday fun day thing. And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> so I signed up for the race, had a couple days to prepare, and um, ran America's Finest City and ran it in one twenty-seven, an hour and 27 minutes. What? what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was complete shock to me. I finished, and um, I was kind of walking around waiting for my friends to finish, and and uh, she said, hey, how'd you finish? I said, oh, I think I ran a, a 127. Let's go get beer. And she was like, wait a minute, a what? <laughs> said, uh, uh, 127. She's like, wow, that's, are you sure? That's really fast for your first half marathon, first race ever that you didn't even train for. And uh, I said, yeah, well, <laughs> that's what it was. And I, I had my finest basketball shorts and cut off cotton t-shirt. <laughs> and uh yeah i love the experience and and uh i'll take off from there well you're you certainly show a little bit more skin these days on oh, during, yeah, during your during your training <laughs> i've seen, seen from the pictures as you should you definitely you, know, you definitely have the physique to do it but so let's just touch on a couple things before we talk about this insane time because it really is insane um was it was the hope was it was this basically you were running this for a date is that is that what you're saying i i actually i i was just <laughs> i was just kind of running it to a, a good friend said hey let's i'm running it so let's let, let's um like sign sign up and we'll do it together and we she was kind of my friend that i i hung out with on sundays and she was running so I said, "Hey, <laughs> not really a, a date, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, just kind of hang out, good friend thing." And <laughs> yeah. So, so these so. so these were these were friendly beers. This wasn't like yeah. a, I'm going to go out there and like prove my worth to this woman who I really want to go on a date with. Yeah, friendly beers. <laughs> friendly, friendly beers. Friendly okay. beers. Yes, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. <laughs> Got it. All right. So, so how did you pace yourself in this? Because again. You had no training. You just go out there. So 127, that's a pretty good chunk under seven-minute pace, um, basically like 640 pace. Um, so when you went out there, did you even pace it? Did you even know how fast to run it? Like what were the cues that you used to to get that time? Oh, I, I had no clue what I was doing. I got to the start line, and I had my phone attached to my arm, <laughs> and uh, I I. Of course, I didn't wear a watch. I didn't even know what a running watch was. So um, I was that guy that, um, I don't know, if someone came in and said they ran a 5K, I would say, how was your marathon? <laughs> no, I, I had no clue what I was doing. So I just kind of, I ran, like Forrest Gump, I ran. <laughs> and and 
cross the finish line. I was, I was running towards the Sunday fun day. That's how I, I paced it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. I, I honestly don't even remember the race. I don't remember feeling bad at all. I remember not being able to walk too well after like the days after, but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty much, uh, put on your clothes and go. <laughs> So when you finished, did you kind of like, were you completely exhausted at that point? Or did, in retrospect, do you think that you maybe had maybe even some gas in the tank? I, I had more in me. I remember finishing and, and thinking, um, that was cool. Like I could, I could definitely do this again. I could run even more. And, and, uh, it was, uh, it was actually, um, it was actually a pretty good experience. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I had a lot of fun. I remember seeing the crowd and like hearing the crowd cheering and stuff. And, and it was something that was very new to me. I didn't, I had no clue that, that a race would be, be that way. So I just enjoyed everything about it. And I could have kept going for however long my body let me, <laughs> I guess. So, um, yeah. So you have a kinesiology background. That's what you studied mm -hmm. in college at UNLV. Yes. And considering what you just said about your running background, obviously you weren't new to athletics in general. So what were some of the sports that you gravitated towards um, earlier in your life? Um, I, I, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I was a band geek in high school and college. Um, and there was a lot of physical aspects to that. <laughs> um, doing a lot of uh, movements and stuff. I, I was actually in the performing arts marching band side of it, drum and bugle corps and, and stuff. And we would be out putting our shows together and doing a lot of uh, running and different dance movements and, and stuff. And, and a lot of my degree went to that. <laughs> um, I wasn't very sporty growing up. My brothers, it's funny. I'm, I'm the runt of, of uh, four boys <laughs> and uh, my brothers were all giant football players. <laughs> and my house, uh, my household growing up was all about football and I was kind of a small guy, so I never really got into it. I liked football, but never did what my brothers did. <laughs> I, w I was that band geek, that, uh, going to the football games on Friday nights and, and stuff. So, so a lot of my kinesiology major went to making sure I stayed, uh, healthy and physically healthy for uh for marching band <laughs> yeah so how grueling is that? that i mean that's something that i have no familiarity with i've seen marching bands uh on tv and you know obviously there's you know especially with certain elements to it there's a, like you said it's very active right i mean beyond just oh, the yeah. choreography you know you obviously are moving constantly so what is that like in terms of practice in the kind of shape you need to be in to perform at a high level well, um, marching band, not so much like your regular high school marching bands and, and college marching bands. You, you do some physical activity, but it's not that much. But I, I did five years of German Bugle Corps, and you're out there an entire summer practicing for 12 hours, running around the field, trying to put together the perfect 10, 11-minute show for world championships. And, and, uh, and it was very physically demanding. We had to be in the best shape. Um, that uh, it was the best shape I've ever been in. Um, we basically toured on a bus for months and, and we woke up at seven o'clock in the morning and pretty much worked out all day, played music, ran all over the field until maybe, um, 
I would say about eight, nine o'clock at night. And on show days, we would go and perform in the giant NFL stadiums in front of a giant crowd. And, and then the next day, it was back to it for months straight. And uh, man, we would lose so much weight. I think one year I dropped all the way down to uh, 112. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I lost a lot of weight. I think that was my last year. Uh, I was just pretty much <laughs> looked like one of, uh, one of those ultra marathoners, <laughs> like a hundred marathon, uh, a hundred mile runners that like just nothing but muscle <laughs> and bone. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it was pretty physically demanding. And how tall are you? I'm a uh, five, eight, okay. <laughs> five, eight, now. five, eight down to one twelve. <laughs> my gosh, yeah. Aaron, that's how tall I am. <laughs> I can yeah. like, I can't even put that I can't even imagine being down to that. So what instrument were you playing? Uh I was a trumpet player. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let's um, talk about let's talk about wind here. Right, because I was wondering, like obviously, you know, all of it is demanding. But when you're doing percussion, you don't, you know, there's nothing it's not like you have to regulate your breathing in regards to your performance. Whereas you're playing the trumpet, you know, for you, not only are you running around but your breath has to be used for the instrument as well. So what was the coordination like in terms of being in shape so you could perform and still move around at a high level with, with that in mind? Um, we had a lot of uh, breathing technique exercises that I actually still use now um, when I run. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know, we would uh, basically, <laughs> and not only do we have to to learn how to move and breathe we had to fill up our horns so we could fill up one of those giant nfl stadiums with sound <laughs> so that our, so our sound would reach the judges up in the press box and stuff and um it was drum and bugle corps you're not looking at those giant like college marching bands with three four hundred people in it there's i think there's uh 60 60 brass players 60 65 brass players um and uh and we would go through a series of exercises, making sure our diaphragm and everything um, was strong enough to do that. So uh, it was difficult, but all the practice that we had, um, yeah, it really, really did pay off for us. So what are some of the exercises that you still do today? Like, Can you describe them and then what benefit does it, does it bring you? Um. When I do my uh, faster, my faster paces, uh, there was a thing that we did. Uh, it was a four count uh, breathing exercise. So you know, when you're running really fast, you want to kind of um, like I don't know, breathe shallow <laughs> and fast. Um, I do. Can you give me an example? Count. Can you do it right now? Yeah. So um, you breathe in for four counts: one, two, three, four and back out one two three four slow and relax and um and basically just go through your workout with that it keeps keeps you from i don't know it keeps me from panicking if i if my if i'm running really fast and my my uh breaths are short then uh i start i start freaking out <laughs> and my heart rate goes up and my performance goes down so um i just think about that exercise is deep breath in for four counts and then out for four counts. And, and it really does work for me. So, And I would assume that it probably helps regulate your pace, especially if you're doing a longer distance race, because you're not like, you're not red, you can't redline and breathe like that at the same time. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. If, um, if you look at my Boston splits from this year, 
I remember having that, that in my head the entire time going through when I, I was running. And I'm a runner that doesn't look at his watch. I don't, I don't look at my watch when I run. So, um, I, I like to feel my pace and I, I knew I was, I, I was breathing correctly and I knew that I was keeping the pace I wanted to be uh, because I wasn't panicking and I, I, uh, I, I was keeping myself calm and relaxed and I pushed through the entire race and you could see it in my, my, uh, my splits on Strava for the Boston Marathon. And it was pretty cool to see. I don't really look at, look at that stuff much, but, uh, so many people kept telling me, Hey, like, look at your splits for Boston. <laughs> and, and I looked at it and I was like, Hey, my, my technique worked. <laughs> it's pretty cool. What, what about your splits was so, you know, caught people's eye? how even they were and how, 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 uh, I kind of maintained throughout the, the entire thing. And, uh, I did get a little faster at times, uh, later on in the race, the humidity, the heat and humidity kind of hit. So the last few miles were a little rough, <laughs> but everything, um, everything from like mile one to mile 23, it, it uh, it, it was just kind of like, wow, look, look, you're not really wavering much. You're just having a, a good steady race. <laughs> and that's huge. Cause anyone who follows Boston, especially this year, because as you mentioned, the heat and humidity was, um, wasn't oppressive. It was just surprising, right? It, it, was, was, surprising. it was the first, <laughs> it was the first hot, humid day of the year in new England. I don't know what it was like in San Diego at that time, but it took a lot of people by surprise. Like people just hadn't acclimated to it yet. And basically miles, 17 to 21 for a lot of people was like, you know, a huge increase in pace for, for a lot of people. And then they, a lot, you know, hopefully they were able to maintain, you know, kind of stick with it and try to decrease the pace in the, in the final 10 K. But for a lot of people, those hilly miles in Newton and in heartbreak, you know, in Wellesley, you know, really got to them. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and the weather was all over the place. I think it was, it was raining <laughs> right before we got on the shuttles and it was kind of cold and when we got to the athletes village it was it stopped raining but it was very uh, it was very humid <laughs> and and uh by the time we started it, it started to warm up it's still cloudy but it started to warm up and then the sun started coming out and 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 things started to change so it was kind of a weird race i tried not to think about it i'm i'm used to the the warm humid weather out here like in san diego but um, but yeah, it was definitely like a shock in those last few miles going through the hills. Like, wow, wasn't it just cloudy <laughs> maybe half an hour ago? And now it's now it's warm. And yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Now, where do you live in San Diego? Um, I live in the, the Valley area, Mission Valley. I don't know if you're familiar with that area. Uh, a little bit. So I, li- I lived in I lived in Coronado for a little bit, and then I lived in Poway for a little bit. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I I am uh, maybe. Uh, I would say a few minutes away from the old Charger Stadium. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've you've experienced it all over there because you're fairly close to the water. So yeah. you have like the mornings where it's you know it's, it's cooler than you'd expect you know Southern California to be, but then it moves up pretty quick. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, once you get past eight thirty. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It. Um. I my runs I do off of. I don't know if you remember Friars Road at all. I would run from. Uh, my my condo to uh the sea world area and that's right on the water and that's only maybe i would say like four miles away from me <laughs> so yeah it's it's i i and if you go five, four miles in the other direction 
you're practically out east and it's really hot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, San Diego's a pretty interesting place when you get to as far as weather goes because San Diego's literally one of those places where you could surf in the morning and drive out and go snowboarding in the afternoon in the season. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in Poway in August and like in the hills, like right near the high school. And oh my God, that was absolutely brutal. Cause not only is it, I mean, it's the desert. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's the desert. And then, but it's also so hilly. It was like, oh my goodness. Like you're either going to be in great shape or awful shape. Cause you're <laughs> yeah. either going to run and be like kicking ass because it's so brutal. Or you're going to be like, screw this. I'm not going outside. I'm staying in here. Like, it's just nasty out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially in, in that area because you're a little bit further north and east. So they, they're, I, I want to say right now it's close to 100 degrees right over in that area. So, so uh, yeah, San Diego is uh, – you. it's a big place. It's a big city. So you could have different weather all – over the place you go out and like say your area is 100 degrees you go out to the coast and it'll be 70 75 if you want to get a good run in <laughs> instead of running in the, the heat in the hills <laughs> right which is which is part of what makes it such an interesting place to train you know for a long time it was like the triathlon capital of the world for the same reasons right like you could go out biking on like roads that were you're not going to see any cars I mean, there's just, there's nothing out there. Yeah, <laughs> and you can also be out there in the ocean and swimming and all of that. So let's just talk about after you ran 127 back in 2013 at AFC. What was the thought process like after that race in terms of picking up running as a you know something that you wanted to do consistently? Uh, in light of the fact that you just mentioned that you really hadn't done sports consistently in a traditional sense yeah. in the past. <laughs> well. Um... So a year went by and I, I signed up for the uh, AFC Half Marathon again in 2014. And I, um, and I went in and <laughs> it was funny because I kind of had a big head about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I ran this last year without training. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and I'm going to do it better this time. And I, of course, I didn't train and went out and ran it and Kind of fell on my face. My like, if you look at my time, I finished in I want to say uh, an hour and thirty-one minutes. But I literally walked the last I want to say two miles of the race. <laughs> I I went out too fast, and and I was pretty much sprinting from the start. And I had I had at that time no training still, and uh, no no sense of direction, no structured workouts or anything, and. And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, I, after I finished that race, I, I kind of blacked out. My EMTs come came running over to me and and stuff. And and I knew from that point, I I liked the activity, but I never wanted to feel that way again. I, I never wanted to have that feeling of I don't know, like like I was a failure. Like I went out and and I, I was too cocky. So. Um, I decided that I would start training for these races, but also that same year, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, uh, she said that, um, when she beats breast cancer, she wants to start running these races with me. So, um, so I said, okay, let's, let's do this. So I started training a little bit. Um, I, uh, marathons weren't even on my radar at this time. I was still doing half marathons. So, um, I knew I couldn't go back to the AFC half marathon 
in 2015 because I had a wedding to go to. So uh, I signed up uh, with my mom for the San Diego half marathon, which was in March. Uh, that, that race is in March. And, um, and we trained, uh, she had all of her surgeries and, and everything. And we trained and, and, uh, we went out and, uh, we ran that race. And that was, I want to say that was my first race where I felt good. Like I, I, um, I don't think I hit my, my PR of 127, but I, I felt good through that throughout the, entire race i may have finished in 128 or something like that 129 and uh so from then on i, I said okay I'm, I'm gonna start signing up for these races and and uh and see where see where it goes and um yeah i quickly started to improve after that um i think by the end of 2016 no not 2016 by the end of 2015 i had already broken 120 <laughs> in in the half marathon just from training on my own that's awesome yeah yeah so so let me ask you a question about your mom so uh -huh. when she mentioned that 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 one of that her goal was to run a race with you post cancer why did she why did she choose that goal did she have an athletic background like besides the fact that you had done this you know twice at this point what about that goal was something that she used as a motivating factor for her or was that more of a motivating or was that more of just like a way to like connect with you during a tough time um it was that and also my parents are are huge track and field fans they they ran track and field in high school <laughs> and um and they were stars and I knew, I kind of knew that, but I didn't know, um, I, I really didn't think or ask about it. <laughs> so that I, I, that, that's where I, I get my, my, um, running ability from <laughs> both of them. But, uh, our, like I said, my household was, was all about football growing up. So never really talked about them running, but track and field was something that was always on the television. Especially during like, uh, the Summer Olympics and things like that. Uh, my parents always watched it. I always had their, their, uh, famous runners that they followed and, and they loved it. So my mom, when, when I started running, they like completely fell into it. They, uh, my parents are almost at every single race that I run now because they, <laughs> they, they uh, love to see me doing what they, uh, what they used to do. And, and, uh, and so my mom said, Hey, like when I, when I do this, I am going to, uh, I, I really want to like be a part of it. When, when I get, go through all my cancer and recovery and everything, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to connect with you. I want to do it also. So my parents, sometimes my brothers also, they'll run, if I'm running a half marathon, they'll do the five Ks and, and stuff with me. And it's pretty cool. So do you still con so you, do you still connect with your mom and dad over racing? Oh yeah, and over running. Oh yeah, definitely. They they um if you uh go to any race in San Diego, you'll see them there. They actually um talk to a lot of the runners after um after my races. It's funny actually. After one of my marathons, uh, this is how I met Alyssa Kaufman, <laughs> um one of the runners that's been on your podcast before. 
Um, yeah, so she was she was on about a year, yeah, but about a year and a half ago. Alyssa Kaufman, who's finally back healthy, yes, like, finally like hip issues for like a year. Yeah, so happy for her. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell her all the time how happy I am that she's finally back because she's one of the first people, Instagram people, actually the first Instagram person that I've met in person. But um, she, it was funny. I finished, uh, I finished a marathon. And she was there talking to my parents. <laughs> I had no clue who this woman was, <laughs> but, but she was there and, and, uh, we ended up connecting on Instagram and, and it's pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, my parents are, are there for me. They went to my first Boston and, and they love it. My dad <laughs> always telling me, Hey, I saw you cross that finish line. Didn't look like you pushed enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> dad, I just ran a 114. Come on. <laughs> so. Parents are always parenting. <laughs> yeah. It's like the moral of that story, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> That's hysterical. So so let's talk about the San Diego running scene. Because obviously, you know, when you talk about Southern California, it's a mecca for sports in general. Oh, yeah. Right? Like you have some of the best footballs out there. You have some of the best soccer is out there. You have other like high-level sports from running and tennis. And basically, any outdoor sport that you can think of. It's, you know, Southern California is a mecca for it. So what is the San Diego running scene like in terms of, you know, the the runners that are kind of the standard bearers and just what the racing scene is like in terms of, you know, how many races there are and what and what constitutes like the, the local scene? Oh, San Diego is absolutely amazing when it comes to running. And uh, like we have um, several running groups out here, uh, one of them. I run for the San Diego track club. It's the largest in San Diego. And then we've got uh, different groups like Prado um, Prado racing team is definitely one of the fastest <laughs> um, groups. And um, there's in San Diego, there's a race almost every weekend. <laughs> there's if you're looking for a 5k, a half marathon, something there's, you could find it almost every single weekend. There's something there. And, uh, it, it's, it's so great because everyone's so close and we all know each other and, and the community is huge. So we, uh, so, so you just have like the best crowd support going through. And it, it's so funny running the, the, uh, races. Now, I, I joined the track club in 2018, uh, for Boston. Yeah. So 2018, January 2018. And, now it's just like I cannot make it a few steps without hearing my name and a race. Like, go Aaron, go Aaron, go Aaron. It's so great to seeing like people who may not be running that race and, and uh San Diego Track Club's so big that like and everyone's training for different races that you just see the streets lined with with uh with other runners and you see other runners jumping in to pace their their fellow runners and stuff. It's it's just it's amazing out here and and there's so much talent too there's so many fast incredible runners out here in san diego that are just doing some amazing amazing things so yeah it's awesome so who are some of the runners that you find yourself competing with or trying aspiring to you know either eclipse or or to run with because i know that we have you know you, you mentioned Alyssa kaufman earlier and she obviously you know, when she was healthy a year ago, she was killing it. She was really running well. I've had other San Diego runners on here as well, including actually Tyler Underwood was on here who runs with Prado, uh, like you just mentioned. Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys that I look up to. I see him a lot, especially now during um, um, 
uh, marathon training. I, I definitely see him out there, him and uh, his wife, Kim. Uh, and I, I would love to run with them one day. <laughs> they, they are just an amazing couple. Um, there's another runner uh, that one of my teammates, Mariah Earl. She has taken home masters at, uh, at grandma's, grandma's half marathon two years in a row. And she just, uh, won the master's division and, uh, at the Carlsbad 500 or 5,000. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she, I think she was one minute off of, uh, of qualifying for Olympic trials at Boston this year. And she's, she's a great person. I love training with her. Um, yeah, and there's so many other runners out there that are just are just great doing some great things. So let's talk about your your motivation here because you're someone who obviously runs extremely quickly. You're a low 240 marathoner, you know, you're you're 115, 114 half marathoner which, you know, even in a competitive place like San Diego is going to put you right near the top of any race. And yet at the same time, you know, you're, you're quite a bit off from say like the Olympic trial standard in the marathon, which is, you know, a 217, you know, range. So what are the, some of the things that motivate you to keep training and continuing to improve? Because you really have improved consistently over the last three or four years. Um, I am finding more joy in the activity. I, I'm, um, I'm meeting more people that are very strong athletes that I, I'm, connecting with and clicking with and they're these guys and girls are becoming my friends and stuff and, and seeing them working so hard and and going out and, and putting up some great times keeps me going like i enjoy um training with uh other san diego runners and um i've actually had a couple runners come down from la just to train with me and <laughs> and stuff and 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 it's pretty cool um i i uh don't like putting numbers on my uh my races i don't like thinking oh i'm going for this time and stuff because that would that would stress me out and that's just too much i'm just out there to have fun and i want to um i want to take in the experience i'm going to berlin in a few weeks and and i've paid all this money and i'm going to a great place and i'm about to run a great marathon and 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 knowing that like keeps me motivated to, to, uh, to train and, and push hard because if I didn't train, then, then I'm going to have a horrible race and it's going to kill my experience <laughs> in Berlin. But I've been looking forward <laughs> to <laughs> So yeah, train hard and, and, uh, and have a good race and, and, and take in everything. Like that's, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I love to travel and go to these races and stuff and, and, um, and just knowing that I'm going to have a good race like no matter what the time is, no matter if I, I, I don't know, I might get a three hour flat or something. It's totally like 20 minutes off of my PR, but Hey, if I had a good time, then, then, then that's great. Like if I, if I enjoyed everything, that's, that's okay with me. <laughs> so that's such a unique perspective. And I really appreciate you talking about that. So this is this idea of training really hard to enjoy the experience as much as possible, which is something that, absolutely makes sense but i've never heard it framed like that so you mentioned before that you don't like you're not a slave to the watch when it comes to running you know running a race you're not looking down at your splits and things like that 
So how do you go about making sure that you maintain that balance between not being numbers driven, but at the same time, you know, you work really hard. I mean, you, you're a really good runner and that doesn't come without effort. So what's it like making sure that you kind of maintain that balance that you're looking for? Um, I, well, I, I stick to my, my post-it schedule <laughs> pretty much. Like I, I, uh, I do everything like right now I have, um, I, I have coaching through the track club and we get a, a schedule schedule for, um, for marathon training and I stick to it. Like, and, um, when I can, like, I, I, I'm not a slave to it, but I, I go and, and, um, one thing that my Boston coach, um, coach Dave, um, Hutchison, um, he, he's an old school guy and he likes to coach on feel like you want to feel your pace and, um, and not worry about the watch. And that really, really did stick with me. Um, so I, I can run these paces. I, I can look at the workout and, and say, all right, well, I'm going to go out and, um, do this workout without looking at my watch. I'll do the, the, Eight by one minutes and, and different things, just based off based off doing the math in my head and and stuff and and uh, yeah, it just kind of comes together. I, I don't um, I don't worry about if I miss a workout, then I miss a workout and and that's fine. But as long as I, I stay strong, then then uh, then I, I I feel like I'll get better, and I have been getting better. <laughs> just enjoying enjoying running and. Um, yeah, sticking sticking to my uh, as close as I can to the schedule that I get from from the coaching staff of the track club. And it seems like you've always been surrounded by large groups of people, right? <laughs> I mean, you have you know you're 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 the youngest of four boys, which I'm sure probably felt like 15 people, you know, in terms of like the rambunctiousness of the household. Then you're in your marching band and drum and bugle corps. And now you're in the biggest running club in San Diego. What is, what, what, what attracts you to that social atmosphere? Uh, I, it's funny. They call me and uh, my parents and my family, they call me the social butterfly. <laughs> I've always been uh, the type to go and, and uh, make friends. Another joke that, uh, that my friends have for me, like we're going to have, I'm going to have uh <laughs> probably upwards of uh, 3,000 people at my wedding when I decided to get married because I'm just kind of that, like, bro's bro. Like, I get along with, with a lot of people. I go out and and just make friends. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I <laughs> like I just like being surrounded by a lot of like-minded people. <laughs> um, runners, musicians, um stuff like that. And, and I don't know, they keep, they keep me motivated. <laughs> like seeing people that are interested in the same stuff that I'm, I'm in and, and hanging out and getting different perspectives from different people that, I don't know, keeps me going, keeps me happy. I'm not the type of person that could sit around and do things alone. I hate training alone. <laughs> I, I'm always calling people up saying, Hey, Hey, I've got this uh, nine miler. <laughs> you want to go with me? And a lot of times people are, people say no, but <laughs> at least I, I put it out there. But, um, but yeah, I'm just a very social person. And when you do these runs, you know, these workouts and these runs and things like that, 
in groups, I know this is something that people struggle with on occasion, is that when you have that group mentality to a lot of runs, it can be hard to like run your pace because because like everyone has specific paces they're looking at and you know it can get kind of analytical like oh I'm supposed to run a 30 pace and this other person's running a 15 pace and things like that. How do you iron out those difficulties or differences within your running as someone who prefers to run with people, but also someone who I mean, there can't be a lot of people who can keep up with you either. So if you're doing a harder day or whatever, like how, how do you manage that, that potential conflict? Um, well, in the track club, we have, uh, we have a map that's given to us for our different group runs and stuff. And um, we basically go point to point. But um, especially our Boston, we have a Boston-specific training group that um, starts in November through uh, the marathon. Um, there's a lot of guys and girls who do run my pace and, and we, it's funny because we, we are constantly pushing each other faster and faster. And, and, uh, coach is always, always telling us, Hey, you guys <laughs> went way too fast in this, in this 22 miler that we're supposed to be running. You're only supposed to do eight miles of marathon pace and you guys are, up there in the front chatting away, just having fun running a, a, um, a six twenty pace when you're supposed to be running, like running easy. Um, and it's, and it's funny cause there's, uh, I want to say there's at least eight to 10, um, runners that, uh, run about my speed, uh, maybe a little faster than me. And, and we're just constantly like pushing each other and, and we look at our watches and we're like, Whoa, well, we're definitely going to get um, some hell over this when we finish. <laughs> and uh, and Coach is not expecting us back for another five minutes, but we're already around the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and and if there's times where we're not feeling it, there's some days where I, I don't feel like running as fast as others, then I'll I'll pull back and, and run what I'm supposed to be running most of the time. <laughs> um, slow down and let the other guys go in front and uh we just meet back at the end um so still a group run but yeah not we're not like we don't rely on each other to finish the run i guess like we we all uh we all could do our own workout if we wanted to (laughs) but most of the time we're together so you mentioned berlin that the key for you is to have a good experience and you detailed exactly what that is uh-huh. with that said, what are, what is the, your fitness telling you that, that on a good day or on, on a day where there aren't any like unexpected things happening, what, what, what kind of race do you think you're going to have from a range of a time perspective? Um, I am right now. I, f- I feel, uh, a, uh, sub two forty. I definitely feel strong enough, healthy enough, um, to go, uh, uh, sub 240. Um, I know I, I, I could have done it in Boston. I feel like I didn't push hard enough in Boston (laughs) for that. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling great if everything lines up and goes right. And my nutrition is great and, and, and the weather is not too wild, then I feel like I, I could have a good day out in Berlin. 
Aaron, I'm definitely rooting for you. Thanks so, thank you so much for coming on the show. One last question before we get going. As someone who is such a social butterfly, as you put it, <laughs> as someone who runs with so many people, if you could have a little running group going, I'm not going to make you limit the amount of people. Maybe I should. Say you have four other people, right? You have a running group of five. Who's in that running group? If you could pick anybody from anywhere. Anybody from anywhere, I would say Nick Simmons. <laughs> he would definitely be there. <laughs> um, Nick Simmons, um, Mo Farah is uh, one of my uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I'm gonna have to throw in um, Alyssa Kaufman. She's hilarious, and she's my buddy, and and I know we'd have a good time in that running group. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last one. Yeah, last one. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Let's go with Patrick Cutter. He's my motivator. Pat uh, Cutter. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Cutter. It's funny. I, my my when I first started running marathons, I I uh, I structured my workouts by his Instagram workouts. Didn't even know the guy. I would oh, this guy ran five miles. I'm running five miles. He ran eighteen. I ran eighteen. That's how I got to my first marathon. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! That's awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah put patrick in there that's awesome my favorite patrick cutter story is i was in um in an airport i was just waiting for a connecting flight i'm just sitting there and all of a sudden i get a text message and it's like it's from patrick cutter and it's it's it's, it's just reads dude what are you looking at i was like what in the world (laughs) what what kind of question is that it was like basically i don't know if that's word for word but it was basically something to that extent i was just like staring at the wall or something and little did i know he was like three (laughs) seats away from me like looking at me like dude what are you doing (laughs) like we're like i I think i was like in like uh you know in ohio or michigan an airport out there uh on my way to cim (laughs) last winter but uh, yeah, it was like a, this weird, awkward moment. And the best part is I was like, I had just like scrolled past a post on Instagram that he had just put out. And then I got a text message at the exact same time I was looking at his Instagram post. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's such a good guy. Such a good guy. He's hilarious too. <laughs> For sure. Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Best of luck in Berlin and congratulations on your wonderful result at AFC uh, two weeks ago. All right. Thank you so much. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Also, big shout outs to our sponsors today. We have, as always, Megaton Coffee and Tune Up CBD, as well as Ragnar Relays. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you so much. I love having people like Aaron on this podcast who obviously embrace not only working hard, but doing it in a way that lifts everybody up. It's just, it really is inspiring. And for me, as someone who's, this may come as a surprise as someone who's hosting multiple podcasts, but I'm a bit of an introvert. Uh, so this sort of thing, hearing him connect with so many other people intentionally and consistently, it, it really is, in, is inspiring. It's something that I don't do naturally. So I love hearing from people who do things well that don't exactly come naturally to me. So Aaron, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you so much and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. 
Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.